Merkel Media. I guess it's time to go back in time. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Time is but a stubborn illusion. I have a lot of memories of the past. People are time traveling within themselves. Time travel is possible. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling it. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Okay, I'll reload it. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. Now, this week we have Mel coming on, and Mel starts out with talking to us about Anubis and how she's been visited by this entity her entire life. But then the conversation molds into a lot of different paths. This is a deep wormhole we're going down today for the next two hours. So strap in, get some popcorn, get a drink, because you're going in for a ride right now. Let's go. Okay, tonight we have Mel coming on. Mel, how you doing? Great. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. So we were just sitting here talking a little bit about some of your experience and stuff, and it's uh, I can tell it's going to be pretty intense show tonight. So uh, you know, it's listener discretion advised, I guess. So <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> but you know, you've you have an interesting story here because uh, you've been visited or at least have seen Anubis-like entities most of your life. And if anybody mm-hmm. that is listening doesn't know what Anubis is, you can uh, Google it. Uh, just type in A-N-U-B-I-S, Anubis, and you'll see what we're talking about. And you'll see the classic Egyptian figure of like a wolf head on a human body. That's what we're talking about tonight. Um, in modern times, we we might even call him a dog man, you know? So, uh, so Mel, 
you were a young child when this first happened to you, just start walking us in through some of these experiences of, of seeing an Anubis-like entity. Well, as a child, now, I, I'm also adopted too, but I, the time that I remember, um, clearly, I was about nine, and I'd been waking up before that to early in the morning, about four o'clock, and I would hear seagulls. Um, I grew up in Seattle, and this was in just a funky old house in Seattle, um, and I would wake up upstairs in my bedroom, and it felt like there was like a difference in the air pressure, a difference in everything, like in the gravity even. I mean, there, it was almost like everything had motion to it. Um, and before I had seen him, I would walk downstairs and the cabinets in the kitchen, there were those kind of ugly wooden <laughs> 70s cabinets would go, they were kind of moving. They were all moving, almost like there was this air coming through them. Well, the time that I remember when I saw him, I went to the foot of the top of the stairs, um, ready to go downstairs, and I saw someone walk past in the hallway. So I went downstairs towards the kitchen, and full-on Anubis um, was in our our kitchen. He was looking, (laughs) he was just looking around, and he acknowledged me, and I just, I stood there in the kitchen too, and he was, he was looking around, and I felt calm. I was not scared. Um, and like I said, it was like he was doing, when I think about it now, it was like a child welfare check, you know, like a caseworker would do or something. It's really strange, but he was just kind of looking around, taking note of things, it seemed. And that's what I remember. I remember, you know, he wasn't, his eyes were not glowing. Um, he looked face, I mean, just acted like a person, you know, no growling, nothing like that, but he was just checking things out. And I don't remember what happened after that, but he was, you know, I I could tell he had some authority. So he was walking around there like he belonged there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like he had the right to be there and he was checking things out. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, And how old are you again? Nine, about nine, yeah. Now, as a nine-year-old, when you see something like that, are you able to gauge and even remember how tall and bulky this thing was? He was not bulky, but he wasn't very skinny. He was just, he was, he would have been taller than a person, I would say maybe definitely over six feet. And he was standing straight, though. He wasn't leaned over but he was standing like a person. He wasn't like an upright dog completely. I do not know about tail or anything like that. I don't, don't remember anything like that. I just remember he was conducting himself like a human being. And he had a face, you know, like Anubis is supposed to be a jackal, but he had a face like he wasn't super furry. <laughs> you know, um, I don't remember the fur. I just remember he had a face. He had a snout just like, you know, Anubis is depicted. I find it interesting, first off, that you experience this. And what you're describing really does seem like what you see in these old pictures from Egypt. Uh, Did it have Mm -hmm. clothing on or was it not clothed? He must have had clothing on. I was thinking about that. And I don't remember it being like Egyptian. I would have remembered that. But he, 
I don't remember thinking he's naked. You know, I, I don't remember that. And I don't remember the fur. I just remember his face. And like I said, his eyes weren't glowing. His eyes were like, you know, a person's eyes, but his face was completely like a dog's. I mean, long, very long snout and upright, not hunched over. And just, I mean, he looked at me and he didn't say anything. I didn't say anything, but, you know, he was, he acknowledged that I was there and he, I remember he was turning his head and looking around at, at things too. And this isn't the first, or this isn't the last time you saw this thing. That, that was the first no. time, you know, when you saw this, uh, you, I forget how you worded it, but you referenced the idea that you really, it didn't, didn't seem like you were sure how that whole encounter ended. Uh, was it yeah. something that like you just woke up in your bed or you were walking down the hallway and you don't remember ever turning around to walk away from it? How'd that, like, what, I don't know, but can you go into more detail about that? I was fully awake. It, I, I didn't like wake up in bed after that. I was fully awake. I think I probably went back upstairs, you know, I, I had the impression that, you know, he was, he was checking things out and that, you know, it was all good. And, you know, but I was awake and before that I'd been awake too, you know, nights before that, before I'd seen him, I was waking up at the same time. And I, I suppose I probably went back upstairs, you know, and if I'd fallen asleep after that, I'm, you know, I really can't remember exactly what I did, but I do know I, I was awake. It wasn't a dream. Yeah, I mean, even if it, even if you thought maybe the possibility of a dream, uh, the fact that it's happened throughout your entire life, I mean, at some point you're like, okay, I'm not dreaming this, you know? Uh, yeah. it's, it's a little bit more serious. Uh, so that was the first time that you experienced it. Did you tell your parents at all or anything like that? Oh, no, no. No, I didn't tell them. And I've told people as an adult too, you know, I told people later on um, about things and my friends and I together, I mean, we had, there's a place called Green Lake that was by where we lived in North of Seattle. It's a man-made lake. It's right in like the city. And I and my friend were walking around there late at night. And this is probably like when I was 13 or so. And it was really late, too late for kids our age to be out. And we walked under some trees. There's a little pathway that goes around the lake. And we walked under these trees and we heard very calmly someone say my full name. And let's just say it's a very, it's an unusual name, but I'm going by Mel. So it was like Mel. It was just like a very calm, like it was right over our heads. And my friend heard it too, plain as day. And I always felt that was kind of connected with it. And, you know, I, I talked to, I mean, my friends, you know, I talked to them about things and stuff, but I didn't, I didn't really talk to my parents about any, you know, any of this. Now, is it because you didn't think they'd believe you or was there something, you know, about it that just scared you from talking about it? Do you understand? Do you, do you even remember why you didn't tell your parents? That's the thing. I'm trying to later on, you know, I, I talked to my mom about it later on. Um, but things I had been, I, I was adopted and I went into foster care for a while too. Um, so I'd been off and on and I didn't, I felt closer, I guess, to my friends. 
Yeah, I get I get that. It makes sense. I mean, uh, yeah. especially coming from your situation and stuff, I I totally understand that. Uh, so that was the first time. Uh, what happened next? I mean, how how long of a period of time was it between the first experience and the second experience? Well, the other experience that happened, um, okay, 2010, there was, I'm, I'm talking about ones that I know I wasn't dreaming. <laughs> sure. And the other one, I'm in, I'm in New Mexico right now, not Seattle. And that happened in New Mexico in 2010. And I was riding a horse out in a wildlife reserve, a game reserve. And this is, this is where it was different. And there was like a different emotion. I saw somebody walking and I thought they had a big coat on and they were far away. And then my, my horse noticed this too. All of a sudden we were, (laughs) they were like right next to us. And that was also not now when I said it's, it was a different, I know it was a different one, but this was like an older, and I guess you could even say maybe more like skin, you know, like people say like skinwalkers too. There was something about, I really felt this one was like human, but definitely a dog face and just looked very sad. Not I mean, no, nothing threatening, but I looked this one also square in the eyes and it was like human eyes. You know, I mean, it was definitely understanding very human eyes. And it just, I got the impression of it being very sad or maybe even disappointed, like in me. I don't know. There was something very sad. And my horse was aware of of this entity, too. And she backed up <laughs> and that was it. We were off. So that was, that was one, another time that, that. I can mention, you know, I've things that aren't that interesting that I could say. I mean, it's been something my entire life before the first one I told you about, too. I think I just sort of assumed there might be a possibility when I was really young. Um, there was underdog cartoons. I'm that old. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> they're upright walking canines. <laughs> but I kind of assumed that. And also... Um, you know, in Seattle, the University of Washington, the University of Washington Huskies football, you know, the Husky is the mascot. And they did cartoons of an upright walking Husky who wore clothes. And I used to draw that too. I drew a lot of that. I really liked that cartoon of the upright Husky, you know, like when the game, when they won the game, he would be all triumphant. And when they lost, he'd have like a broken leg or something. And they, you know, this cartoonist drew this every week. So, I think I just, I don't know, I, I've never really been shocked by things because I've kind of had them happen my whole life. I mean, other things too, besides seeing, you know, upright canines, but that in New Mexico where, where I'm now was an experience that I did tell a lot of people about too. And I've had a lot of people tell me about things that have happened too, you know, similar and that's the thing. I think this happens to a lot of people, but they just don't want to sound like crazy person. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the thing. I really believe this happens to a lot more people. And what I'm going to talk about later is the reason I really wanted to talk with you too. And then other things happened before the first time I contacted you that make it even more 
you know, it make me want to communicate this to others. Um, the time, the last time I saw one was in Tukwila, Washington, which is, you know, it's right by the airport in Seattle. And um, it was with some others too. And I decided, I mean, I, I already knew this was a spiritual creature and I would say full on demon. And not that it has to be violent and scary to be a demon. I mean, the demons can be quite calm and demons can look like people too. But I did, I saw one and he was with people looking demons too. Um, and that was in Tukwila and he didn't say anything. And he, he was, he was furrier. <laughs> I mean, and there was others too. There were, there were others. There was one that looked, almost like a dog too, but that's, I should get more into the whole story about that because that took a while to happen. Um, I'd been seeing shadows. Um, this was, this actually was last year, 2017 and it was in October and I'd been seeing a lot of shadows around the apartment, which was normal. I mean, I've seen this before. We've had a lot of things like this happen before and like the what they call shadow people, but like, you know, like little shadows darting around too, like cat size or even smaller. And I was also seeing something in the corners of the room. And my son, um, he had mentioned a couple of things too that he thought were kind of strange, but my husband hadn't seen anything. And it almost, I don't know, there was something going on in the apartment. And now it's going to sound even crazier, but when I was laying in bed, I would see like almost like this sketchy like pattern was like in the corners of the room. And yeah, it would be in the corners like this sketchy like pattern. And it was like I was it was almost like cobwebs. And then I would see something and I'm not scared of spiders. <laughs> you know, rats are my phobia. But spiders no. But it looked like a spider that would crawl out of the corner and like kind of like in a real almost mechanical way go across the ceiling, like towards where I was sleeping in the bed, looking up at the ceiling. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, this is weird. And I was not taking drugs. Um, you know, I didn't have any medication that would cause any anything like that. And since then, I've studied this a lot because I, I should also say too, I was not raised Christian. I have not read the Bible. Since then, I've read parts of the Bible and I've learned a thing or two about this. Um, I've learned that, yes, it does stop if you call on if you call on Jesus and if you say, you know, I'm by the power of God and, and you, you plead the blood of Jesus. I've learned so much about that. And I, I feel like God has opened my eyes and I'm not, I mean, the first thing I wouldn't have thought of before was demons. You know, I was not raised with any kind of Christian education whatsoever, you know, and I, I had no idea. I mean, my eyes last year were open. <laughs> um, but that quickly became worse. It wasn't just little spiders, um, you know, going across the ceiling. I, I knew there were other, I would see flashes of people, which I've seen before. Um, and I thought, ghosts, okay, that makes sense. You know, there's ghosts. And it doesn't even have to be from this building. There can be ghosts around here. It's a heavily populated area. You know, I'm seeing normal people looking ghosts and flashes of them. This was after I saw like shadows. 
And I would see something like it looked like somebody was walking quick down the hallway. And I also, I would notice things like, it was like, wow, did the blankets move? That was the weird thing is I had a bunch of blankets packed up and they looked like they had moved somewhat and nobody else was there that would have done that. My husband would not do that. And one evening I knew, I mean, I've always trusted my gut and I knew that there was, there were, there was somebody else in the apartment in the back room it's a two-bedroom apartment and we ended up putting our bed in the front room because we had this big fireplace and it was really nice and it was in the fall so I was in the back room which I just had a desk and some bookshelves and a bunch of blankets folded up it was kind of cluttered I guess but clean and I knew I was on my computer okay I was on Facebook and I knew someone was there and it seemed like they came from the closet and with this big walk-in L-shaped closet and I, I don't know what I was thinking. And, oh, okay, I have to disclaimer here. I did have two drinks of vodka that night, okay? Not enough to get okay. drunk, but I had two <laughs> drinks. So I was feeling friendly, I guess, and maybe silly. I don't know. But I just, this is the big mistake. <laughs> you need discernment with this. And this is what I should not have done. This probably started the whole problem. As I said, hello. I said, hello. I know you're there. And my husband was like in the front room watching TV and I was in the back on the computer and I was like, Oh, somebody is here. And I knew it was a female. And I said, hi. And I was like, okay, there's a ghost here and I'm not afraid, but this is interesting. And I was like, well, there's more than one. And I did not see them yet. And there were, there were three, there was a woman and two men. And I basically said hello to them. And after that too, that, that was it for, for that. I did not see them. When I was taking a shower, I would hear music. And this can happen to people through like medical reasons. You know, people can hear music sure. when they hear running water, you know. But well, I'm a musician. And <laughs> it was, I heard somebody singing and it wasn't my voice. You know, it was a lot better than my voice. Um, but it was a woman's voice singing and then I heard my name and now it sounds, this is where it starts to sound like, Oh, maybe she's schizophrenic because it sounds, it, it totally sounds like a schizophrenia episode. Um, it, it was very strange. And, um, my name was mentioned. Some very personal things were mentioned every time I take a shower. And I was like, wow, I saw them, I saw her and she was, there were three. And for me to be, if I was going to imagine anything and also to like impress upon me or for me to like, I don't know. It's kind of funny that they'd be three Caucasian looking. I mean, they're like three Caucasian um, dressed kind of modern peoples. And, um, she said that her friend liked, liked me. There was these two guys and they were dressed kind of hipsterish. I mean, just three of them. And it was, it was really strange. And they had, they had kind of an, they acted like they kind of had an authority, like they were there and they were there before me. And I did not think demons at first. I thought, okay, ghosts maybe something tragic happened at the light rail. We're really close to the light rail station there. Or, I mean, it just, to me, it seemed like, okay, three ghosts. Okay. Big deal. You know? And I was like, 
it seemed a little strange how there was something weird that they would, you know, they must have known if they were there that I'm married. And, you know, it just, it was strange. I mean, they seemed to like know things about me. And now it sounds totally like, okay, this mimics schizophrenia or whatever, you know, because when I, what happened next, and it kind of reminds me of actually a movie that's out now. This was before the movie was out. But I had an allergic reaction the next day because they, they had said something. Because she, I heard the singing a lot, and that was strange. I'm like, okay, voices in my head. I should not tell too many people this. My friends know I'm not, you know, that it's not a medical thing or something because we've had this. I've had experiences with my friends before, too. And I, you know, I, I don't do anything to cause anything occult to happen to me, or at least I didn't think I did. Um, I didn't know why I would be having these spirits visit me. And of course, then I did not know to say, you know, to discern and say, you know, (laughs) do you know that Jesus, you know, I mean, I did not know how to protect myself. So I ended up that day. I got, I felt really strange. I had an allergic reaction. I gave myself an EpiPen shot and I ended up, I mean, I could feel this. Uh, my my lips were swelling up more than usual and my tongue. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go. We live really close to the hospital, to Highline. So we went to Highline and I was thinking maybe I need another EpiPen shot. You know, I wasn't that worried about it. I deal with allergies and kids who have allergies. So in the hospital, I was just waiting there to make sure because it makes your heart kind of jittery when you take a shot of epinephrine. So I'm sitting on the little examination table all by myself. Nobody else is in the room. I'm fine, really. You know, I mean, I just checked in for that and we were going to go home if everything was okay. And right behind me, where there was no room for a human to be, I heard a growling right behind me on the examination table. And there was a growling. It was a male-sounding growl. And it was pretty wicked-sounding. And I I kind of went around, and I, I was like, what? You know, because I hadn't heard the, quote, ghost, unquote, growl at me yet. And it was so strange. I got off the table. I looked around at the back. I said, what are you doing? You know, and I shouldn't, once again, I shouldn't have been talking to spirits. <laughs> and then... I mean, it was kind of, <laughs> I'm glad nobody else was looking in on the room then too, but I looked around and I just like looked at, I stood up and I just decided I wasn't going to sit down there again. Then I heard a little growl. And then this is the weird thing. It was male voice said, and it was almost like a haiku or a short, a short poem. And I was thinking, okay, fiery. Now I might not say it exactly right, but he said, the fiery fox lays on the hot rocks. And when I looked at it later, maybe he said lays under the hot rocks, but he said that. It was a male's voice, and it was finished off with a little growl at the end. And I thought about that later, and I wrote it down, and I was like, I think that's exactly what he said. And I was thinking, first thought it was like Firefox, Mozilla Firefox. <laughs> what? You know, so I looked it up. I was thinking, does this mean anything? What is this? And the Urban Dictionary, there's something about a fiery fox. It means a girl who's outspoken and fiery. But 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know why he said that. It turns out that was one of the spirits. Um, because later that night when I came back, um, they, they would like talk with each other and the girl, it was really crazy. Now, Tony, this is where it sounds weird. And this might be where I got into real trouble too, you know, because that night too, I, I purchased, it was like a little shop packets in a little plastic thing of vodka. And I, I should not have been drinking. Um, and it wasn't a lot. It wasn't like, it was basically like one stiff drink, but I told, I told my husband about this too. He's like, I don't see them. I don't see them. And I was like, well, I do. And he, he believes me, you know, he knows, he just knows he doesn't see them. And after that, he did hear a lot of things that he couldn't explain, but they seem to, I was like, okay, these guys are squatting in our house. It's like, we have these ghosts in our house and I really don't want to deal with them. They're kind of, they're kind of pompous and they're being, they're kind of being jerks. And one of them supposedly likes me. And that night ended up one of them, two guys and one woman. And the two guys were in a little conference together, I guess, from what I, I saw. And that's the one thing I realized too, is I was like, this was like late at night and my husband works early in the morning and he would be asleep when some of this was happening and it was like happening right there. My dog was, would acknowledge them and did not bark at them. He acknowledged them. Um, I have a German shepherd and it was really strange, but they had been calm up to a point where these two guys were talking and I, I guess they were talking about me and the woman said too, well, I mean, she, they were having like some kind of little drama in between the three of them. And she's like, well, you're too old. I don't, I don't think um, it's going to work out. I'm like, what? I don't even, why is this happening? And why is it's in my apartment? And I don't, I have, I have a lot of stuff going on where it's like, this was really, it felt like these people just moved in, you know, or spirits just moved in. And it was, it was upsetting enough, you know, because I felt like I couldn't even use the bathroom or take a shower without the possibility that there was a spirit right there. And that was really strange. I mean, it just felt really invasive. And the guy, the one guy who I guess didn't like me went over to the TV set and told me that I basically needed to, um, I needed to die. And I was like, what? I was like, he goes, well, the sins you've heard of the sins of your fathers and he had said some other things too, but he literally pointed at this TV set, um, or I should say, what do you call them? Uh, um, the flat screens, you know, the yeah. flat screen. And he pointed at it. And this is where it gets really strange. He pointed at it. And then after he said sins of, of your fathers, and then he said, you know, about, um, say Mary's little lamb before that he said something about the lamb now I don't want to misquote this but he was talking about the lamb he pointed at the tv set all of a sudden this horrific picture comes on our flat screen and it's of this disgusting mutant like not a lamb but like a sheep or something this sounds crazy two heads and underneath the sheep, it was almost like kind of flat looking. And it had two heads, obviously a demon. Um, beneath it was two boys or young men. 
like laying there, almost like this thing was covering them like a sleeping bag, except the two heads were gnawing on the board, on these younger, like, you know, two young men. And below it was like almost like this sing-along song and it was just total blasphemy. I mean, it was this vile and it was strange. That's when I started to realize everything and everything started to click together. Like it took me, it took me that long, but I got angry. I got very disgusted and angry. I was so repulsed by this and it was just so sickening. And like I said, I, I wasn't a Christian and I didn't know any, anything, but I knew enough to say, Hey, you know, this is, <laughs> I know what you guys are. And this is, you know, <laughs> this is some BS here. And then I basically said, you know, get out. <laughs> I didn't say in the name of Jesus. I didn't say, you know, anything like that um, because I didn't know better. I said, get out, you know, get out. Uh, this is this is crazy, you know. And I said, get out. And I was like, I need to, because I was writing up a parenting plan for my youngest child. And I was like, get out. And and the guy said, what? I said, well, I'm going to New Mexico. I have things to do. Get out. And he turned to me and he goes, the the one that didn't like me, and he was shorter with lighter hair. He, he said, no. And I remember the way he said no. And I was like, okay, this is not a human spirit. It was the creepiest no I've ever heard in my life. It was extended. And in this, he didn't growl, but it was creepier than that. And it was just, I remember the look on his face. And it was just so evil. And I was like, yeah, I am going to New Mexico. And he just smiled at me. And I was like, okay, you guys, this is, oh, and if you can hear in the background, sorry, that's my, my child I was going to see, which I'm in New Mexico now. So I guess they were wrong. Um, <laughs> and that's my 11 year old in the background <laughs> shouting with joy. But anyways, I just, I was just disgusted. And I was like, no, no. Uh-uh. And I saw, and that's when I was talking about the quote dogmen unquote, he was standing back there. They were standing like in the kitchen and there's like a little nook and stuff too. And he was with a whole assortment of different demons. And we're talking demons, all shapes and sizes, demons from, yes, your standard dogmen. Now this guy, his eyes were glowing and their eyes were not glowing. It wasn't yellow and it wasn't red. I'd say it was more almost like a light orange. It was, their eyes were glowing though. And they were all, they were very calm. Nobody attacked me. They were all standing there. Like they were waiting for some kind of word on something. And I just looked around and she had, she had a dog about the size of my dog too. And I had been seeing, I mean, I, I can see them and this was not, it was on all fours. And then there was another one there too. And this is what got me. I started looking closer at them too, because what I've been talking to were three very human looking and they say demons don't have bodies. These guys just look like average, and like I said, average white hipsters. This one demon, I noticed that it had, I thought it looked like a dog. It's about the size of like her dog. And it had a face that had like a human mouth to it. It had really big eyes that weren't dog's eyes. It had floppy ears, unlike the other dog, which looked more like, you know, like an American Alsatian, the larger German shepherd, but like a wolf, but like the American, you know, Alsatian. They, they look like kind of larger wolves. And this one had little like deer hooves almost. And on its back, it had what looked like almost riding like the way a jockey would ride, like hunched over. It looked like a charred child. 
and I'm not I'm totally like I said I did have a little bit to drink full on saw this though I saw this as well as I could see and I was talking to these guys you know and I would tell them to I said I can hear you guys because when the two guys were talking I was like I can hear you guys and I kind of I kind of just wanted to block it out and do whatever I had to do to make sure that I wasn't going to be haunted for a long time. And when I basically said, okay, out, everyone out, <laughs> you know, I mean, I was just like, no, this is not cool. And my breath, I could see my breath too during this time. And now I realize too, I was in, and to me, it's as real as now. And I've never tried to go into the spirit realm, but we live, I mean, there's so much around us. There's so much around us that, I mean, here, like right, you know, like where we are, it's not like up and it's not down. I mean, it's like here. It's just people don't see it. And, oh, it's real. <sighs> so <laughs> I basically was like, okay, party's over. And then everything happened. This is where it just kicked into such a, a scary thing. This is where I had my, quote, alien attack which is basically a demon attack and it's it's of the mind. I mean this of course didn't really happen, but I thought I was going to be abducted by aliens after that because all of a sudden I got rushed by three and it wasn't the people I was talking to, three tall glowing eyes. I got rushed by them. There were like things like leeches. I mean it was like this full on mind trip that I found out that this is something that does happen to people where they get considered crazy, you know, or they end up checked into a hospital um, because it is frightening. And there's something, I don't know if it's infrasound or what, but there's something that makes your heart race and you feel this great unease. And when you're around demons, you do, you feel nauseated, uneasy, panicked. And I had my life, I know what panic is and I know what fear is. And I've been, I've been abducted in 88. I was abducted in New York. I was actually held captive, you know, at gunpoint and I was stabbed in my leg. I was assaulted, but I wasn't raped. And so I know, I mean, I've been through a lot of things in my life that are kind of unusual. So I know fear. I mean, I know things, I know how to like survive things. This blew me away. It was so horrible. I. And But like I said, it was something demons can do that. They can make, you know, they can instill fear in you, make you feel unsettled, make you feel just horrible. Like you're, I mean, there's something to that. They can really set the mood for you. So I basically had a pretty big flip out session and I thought it really was happening. Okay. And if I had known before, if I had known any of this before, I would have, I could have stopped it by, you know, saying, you know, by pleading Jesus' blood and, you know, saying, you know, using discernment, which I've had, and I'm thankful for that gift. I just never, I, I hadn't used it yet, really. And it was bad to the point where I'm not the one who ever calls the police or fire truck. I tend to like, okay, I'll go to the hospital or I'll drive someone there if I think that something's wrong with them, but I don't like to make a big production about something. I called the fire department. Because literally my feet started vibrating. And this is the most, this is the frightening thing that I had to talk to a priest afterwards about too. Because I was like, if I'm going crazy, which I really don't think I am because, you know, I, I was reasoning things. I'm like, this hasn't happened before. Why is this happening? My legs were like 
vibrating to the point that I was scared. I was like, I felt like I was almost like ethereal enough that I could be taken away. I mean, I'm not kidding. I felt like I was too much in the spirit. I felt like maybe it would look like I just died of like cardiac arrest or something, but I was thinking, you know what? I think something is really going on with me physically. And during that time, I was scared to death. I saw basically what you see during an alien attack. I mean, I saw a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't like the demons I had seen. I mean, it was, it was, it was a demon attack that felt like an alien, you know, <laughs> abduction. So I thought I was like, okay, before I really lose it. And I have the text from that too. I texted my sister. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. This is so crazy, you know, and she was, she was asleep at the time. She didn't get it till the morning, but I was, I was really afraid. And I texted my eldest son too. And he thought it was a practical joke I was pulling on him because I've never said anything like that in my life. And he didn't get it till the next morning too. But I called the fire department because I thought, okay, this is, I'm not going to have this happen. And if it's really happening, then at least there'll be somebody to witness it, you know, because the other thing is I could not get, it was like Billy wasn't there. And that was the scary thing. I mean, I think I went too far in, you know, I just became too much. I was too engaged with these, you know, with them and I got pulled in and I ended up going to Highline again. And I was really freaked out at the time. In the morning, I felt a lot better, and I was so embarrassed that I was like, I was scared. I was really scared. I, you know, like I've learned since then, too, was kind of like us thinking, maybe this is missing 411. Maybe this is what happens to some people. You know, maybe, maybe there's something where they're just in a different dimension, you know, and maybe they don't come out of that, or at least spiritually, they don't come out of that. and they end up just dying and then someone finds their body, you know, but I went to the hospital and I was like, I'm sure getting a psychiatric evaluation now because I want to make sure that, you know, that I know what's, you know, what's really going on. I have too much to lose. You know, I, I can't, I can't have this happen in my life. This is too crazy. And I ended up talking to a priest, and I don't even go to a church. I, I went to the Catholic church closest to me, and I talked to the priest, and I said, you know what, after I was in the hospital and stuff, and I ended up, and she was there, the one the woman was there <clears throat> in the morning, too, and I heard a voice, and I was like, okay, I'm hearing voices in my head. This is classic schizophrenia. I talked to the priest, and he, he said he had heard all of that. When I went home, and I took a shower. It felt like the shower was moving. Okay. I mean, when I went through the apartment, I felt dizzy and I was like bumping into things, not drunk, but it felt like the floor shifted on me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is scary. You know, I just felt really kind of, it felt really fragile. And it felt like sometimes an earthquake too inside my apartment. When I went to the church to talk to the priest, I felt that same vibration in my feet going up me. And I felt really, really nervous. And I was like, whoa. And I told him, I said, you know, right now I feel it. And he's like, yes, you know, he, he had heard all of this before. I said, even when it feels like there's an earthquake going on where I live, and even when I'm outside the apartment, too, it feels like things shift. And he's like, yes, yes. And it's not being possessed, but it's 
called oppression. Um, you know, it, it, to me, this was like amazing. Of course I got some holy water and like I said, I didn't go to that church, but he said that he would come by and bless our, our, you know, apartment too. Um, so I looked into a lot of things I learned about, you know, I, I said a lot of spiritual warfare prayers. Um, I was scared to sleep there at night and this, you know, I was like, I wanted the evaluation I was getting like in, it was almost two weeks. So I was like, Oh, I want one right away, you know, but getting a psychiatrist, you know, I mean, it kind of, <laughs> it takes a while sometimes. And, you know, I was just so afraid. And the thing is I talked to, I actually talked to my ex's parents who are really high up. I mean, they're, they're well known in the church, the Catholic. And I told them to, and they're like, okay, first, cause they talked to their priest. You know, and they and he said, "Yes, make sure you get an evaluation, just because, just for your own, you know, well-being too, because they don't know how to deal with it." I mean, that's the one thing the church. There's not exorcists in Seattle. I learned, you know, there's some people you can pay a lot of money to outside of that, but the Catholic Church is not prepared, you know. And I even found an old article too that said they needed that, and it's it's starting to increase. There's a lot more activity, I guess. But like I said, I was just, you know, I was kind of oblivious. So I was scared to sleep there at night because I would feel these vibrations and I would hear, and like I said, you know, with the music too, I would hear that in my head, you know, so it was like, okay, this is so horrible. I I don't want to be crazy, <laughs> you know, and I don't want to say anyone's crazy who has schizophrenia. I mean, well, it's a mental illness and I... I am so, my heart goes out to anyone suffering from that. And I feel really, I, maybe I shouldn't say a kinship. You know, I mean, I'm sure they've been through worse. Um, but I just, it must be so horrible, you know, to deal with that more than once, you know. And it, I was sleeping in my husband's truck. I was sleeping in my Camaro at the time. I would just drive out because I realized it seemed like there was more activity around 3 a.m. And I would literally just drive down International Boulevard and go to like an all-night restaurant, you know, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to be there. My husband sleeps at night, um, like he's out, he's really out. And if you wake him up, he's not really quite himself for like a good 20 minutes. So a couple times that it happened, I just, I felt very, I felt like it was not a good idea for me to be there. And I didn't even know about territorial spirits. I did not know that it was that area too. And not that they can't follow you out of that area, but there's something about that area. And I, one night I went out to the car and I was so exhausted. I just fell a truck. I went out to my husband's truck and I fell asleep in a truck. And I had the Carhartt over me, I had the big old Carhartt jacket over me. So nobody could see it. They just think there was like this little lump of a Carhartt in, in the driver's seat. And of course, about three o'clock in the morning, I wake up to this kind of fluttering sound and these lights and stuff. And in our apartment, well, it's like these townhouses kind of in a park like setting and there's these tall fir trees. So it looks like these this light shining through like tree branches. It was like this fluttering light. 
um, outside in the parking lot, and it's really dark. There's not enough lighting for it to be safe for people, you know, for like human, you know, problems, let alone, you know, supernatural ones. And I, I woke up, I kind of peeked over the jacket. I felt this fluttering and like lights fluttering. And then I heard voices, and this is so crazy, but I was awake, not dreaming, because I drove that truck. Um, I, I heard some voices and complaints, like they're like, it was like a group of people talking to each other. And I was like, and I'm sorry, Tony, I haven't told you everything like with the alien attack thing, because some of the demons, okay, some of them literally look like flying monkeys. I'm not kidding. Some of them look really? like no. Yeah. Yeah. They look like flying monkeys minus the wings. I'm not. Yeah. And it was really weird. I'm talking all different types of creatures. There's ones that look almost like leeches, all these weird different types of creatures. And since then I've heard that, I guess that's kind of normal. They're all different shapes and sizes, all some of the most grotesque things. Some look like gelatinous blobs. I, I really, they're just like very individual looking creatures and i have heard that you know i've even heard that there's uh alien type entities that look like prey manis even um, oh yeah uh what do you call him from star wars the big hairy guy uh oh yeah he's a good guy though yeah (laughs) but but yeah but yeah there are ones that look like that i didn't see any that look like that or look like sasquatch i didn't see any and I've had, that's the other thing we can get to, too, is I grew up in the Northwest, and yeah, it, um, we're very familiar over here. But I didn't see anything that looked like that, but I did see something that I only saw the bottom part, too. It was almost like it was hanging in my kitchen. It was like this dark drape thing, and I, it didn't touch the floor, but it was like, it was almost like the ceiling got in the way, like the ceiling cut it off. and after I decided to ignore it and I was going to ignore all of them, I would still see like flashes. And if I looked into like this old, like TV set that my um, son used for like gaming <laughs> and stuff it was like the old, it wasn't a flat screen. It was like the old glass kind. I could see them and they were almost like imprints on the wall. So there it was like, they're still just hanging out and waiting or they left their imprint there. It was really creepy. But during this, okay, I'm in my husband's truck. I wake up, at three o'clock in the morning or about then. And I hear the, this like chatter amongst them. And then something runs under the truck, like really fast, scurries under the truck. So it had to be little because this is like a little Ford Ranger. And it pulled on the, I had locked the handle, it pulled, it like hit, it hit the door and something pulled on the handle. So these weren't like humans at night. Like, oh yeah, there's some girl asleep in her truck. It's a high crime area where I live. It's known for that. Um, in Tukwila by the light rail. So <laughs> I just put the truck into reverse. It's a stick shift. <laughs> I just put it into reverse and I heard that they're like, oh, she's, she's there or something in perfect English. Or maybe I heard it in my head, but you know what I'm saying? It was like, they were like this little gang of them and not yeah. just like the three, but it was like the rest, the, the little motley crew of the other people, the other critters. <laughs> and I just like, backed out in my husband's truck, not good with the stick shift, sadly, but I just tore out of there in reverse, screeched out of the lot. And then I just like drove and drove and drove. And then I had to get gas and I drove some more. And 
then I heard her voice and it was always like a song and she was singing about what they were going to do to my husband because I wasn't there. Like they, what were like they I somehow, what were they saying oh, that they were going to do to your husband? They were going to kill him instead. And why did I do that? And why, I mean, it was really weird in like this sing songy way. And I was like, okay, this just sounds too crazy to tell anyone. But, the, but the thing was, I shouldn't say it at that time, at that time I was, deeply fearful. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, they can't kill Billy. You know, I was like, no, not I said his name. But anyways, and I don't people who know me, they know that, you know, I'm cool with that. But I just was like so I was worried about him. You know, I was worried about him. And I was like, okay, I gotta go back there. I go back. It's this was on a weekend. And my husband's sitting there, you know, I come in and I hear her voice. And I look at Billy, I was like, okay, he's not dead. <laughs> he's working on something. He's working on some woodwork or something in this little A-clove by the kitchen. And the kitchen has like this little bar on it from there or what would be the dining room into the kitchen. And I saw her like, and she said something. She said, uh-huh, you're home. Or something like that. And I was like, I thought they'd be, I thought he, he knew then too. And he's like, there's nothing here, Maline. There's nothing here. Well, after that, and after that night, um, he heard one time, he's like, what's the dryer doing? He's like, and he came in, I was like, the dryer's not on. He's like, oh, and he admitted to, he heard growling. And then he heard it again one time too, but he never saw anything. He also heard one night he would hear sounds, but I was seeing all this stuff. So he wouldn't, I mean, he, did you hear that? I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> I see it and I hear it. But he was, you know, he would hear things on occasion. Our neighbor left us. She wrote a little note to us, um, taped to our door asking, because I guess we weren't home at the time, but she was like, do you know, do you have that smell in your apartment too? <laughs> and she's like, I, I don't know. I can't get rid of it. It's the worst smell I've ever smelled, you know? And she, I didn't smell anything, but my neighbor smelled something so foul. She had, the guys, you know, the maintenance people check it out and they couldn't find anything. And she thought something might have died in the walls. So you're in this apartment building. How many apartments are in the building? Okay, they're townhouses in a park-like setting. Um, it's So it looks like these little, there's some, okay, there's one, two. They're only second, they're only two-story. And we are on the um, main floor, you know, the ground floor. And then there's some in front too. So there's, in ours, there's four, and there's like a little maintenance thing too. But they look like they look nice, but they're not. Um, but they're more like you know, like they look like little townhouses, you know. And they're some of them I think have six, and then some of them are like four two bedroom apartments with like fireplaces. They're supposed to look like little houses. Okay. So she was on the ground floor next to us. We shared a wall. It seems like there's a lot of activity going on there, uh, but you also had this activity going on before you moved there. Uh, do you always? Do, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think this is? Do you think this is a you problem, or do you even view this yeah. as a problem, or do you consider yourself as oh, somebody yeah. who is more sensitive than others and just sees these things? Well. A long time ago, when I was in foster care, I was in a Christian home. It was through this agency called the Burden Bearers, and they weren't, they, it was born-again Christians, I guess, but they weren't, well, the guy wasn't the nicest person, but I went to church, and there, 
I, I like heard someone talk in tongues and stuff. And I was told I had interpretation later on. I heard it was discernment. So maybe I always could see things. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's something that I'm sure could, I could lose, you know, I mean, it's, I've learned since then it's all something that God gives us, you know, to be able to discern and, and to have our eyes open to what's really going on. But um, I think I always would see things. I do have to tell you this step back before I full on met these guys, these three demons and their buddies. Um, we lived in a house that was like, it was, well, it was a hundred years old. And the house that I saw, We've always had old houses before this, like, apartment we lived in. We always, we owned one in Black Diamond, and then we lived, we rented them in Seattle. And this one house, I, one night, I was sleeping right next to my husband, and I had, I guess you call astral projection, you know? I mean, I basically, I felt, you know, it wasn't a dream. I felt myself slip out, and I had woken up before where I felt like I was, like, touching the ceiling, um too, but I, I've always had that where I kind of like slip out of, you know, myself at night, even as a kid. And I did that and it was really strange. And I was like, wait a minute. And I tried to like shake myself back to like waking up or to get back. Cause I remember it felt like I kind of like slipped off the bed, like through, like down through the basement and everything was, you know, I guess in the spirit realm or whatever. And I kind of, shook myself out of that state but at the time when it happened to me it felt like when I was sliding off the bed like I was kind of gently being pulled off the bed and so when I but you felt like you were being pulled not pulled violently but like I was slipping off the bed but kind of like yeah I felt like I was getting help with it you know I felt like someone was very gently okay. sliding me off yeah I mean not not like grabbed and pulled but like lighting me off perhaps with a blanket too but just very gentle and when I woke up I heard this might be the same person the growling one is and this happened before that the growl of I want you and that's what it said and was in a, a growling very low voice I want you in the slow growl and I just I I woke my husband up I said did you hear this and he didn't hear anything. And I just, I actually posted something online. So I was trying to figure out what was going on. And, um, this woman told me too, and this is okay. This would have been in 2013, I think, because these are important elements to the story. And I'm sorry, I didn't say this before, but it's fine. I, when I posted this, you know, the woman asked me, I think she asked me my blood type. I was like, well, I'm O negative. And she's like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, yeah, of course, you know, they're going to, she's like, well, I think she said like, you're tasty to reptilians or something. It's like some people, I don't know, there's different views on it, but I was really thankful for the input people gave. And this one guy, I think he's a pastor in some other state said, give me your address. I want to send you some books. He sent me like five books. It's a really sweet man to do this. And it was called Demons in Disguise, the alien, um, you know, like the, the fake alien attacks. He sent me all this stuff. This was before this happened. Of course, I thought I was too busy to read all the books. I read a couple parts of some of the books. But afterwards, 
after what happened to me now, I was like, wow, if I'd only read all of this before. But he just, free of charge, he sent me all these books after I posted this one, you know, question about what happened to me. And um, so, Tony, what I'm trying to say, and sorry, I kind of went around that way. It's fine. Is I I think now that I look back on it, that could have been the same one of the three, the one that liked me before, and it's still the same territory. That house that we rented, that the I want you, and a slow growl occurred to me when I was out of my body experience. Um, I think that's the same one that you know growled later on at the other apartment, and I do think it is. I do think it's kind of a personal. I think I I have a problem, and like that other one said to me too. He said the sins of of your fathers, you know. And he said, I mean, basically that was why they had the legal right to me, I guess, or something. No, was they don't have a legal right to you. Thing? They don't have a do. Oh, yeah, don't, don't buy into yes. that. You're so right. And now, oh, now I'm really feisty about that. Yes, thank Good. you. I've had <laughs> I've had so many pep talks, and I I to the point where I would love to help other people with. You know, I'm not so scattered about things once I'm more settled about stuff, I believe, because I've been doing it. And my husband was like, he's like, wow, there's no flies now. <laughs> he's like, after I, you know, I, I said, I, you know, by the power of God and in the name of Jesus Christ, you know, I command all, you know, I, I say, you know, get out, you know, everything that's evil, you know, and right. all demons. And I've gotten really good with it. I... I have my little spiritual warfare prayer list on my phone and Psalm 91. You mentioned that to you before about a man mm-hmm. having it tattooed, I think. Yes. That's very powerful. And so is the um, one for, you know, well, anything where you call upon and, and Jesus's name is the most powerful, powerful weapon, you know, and right. having faith too. I mean, no holy water, nothing else. It's about having faith. And that's one thing for the first time in my life. I've got this strength from, you know, I mean, it's, it's nothing. I mean, I'm like nothing, but I felt the strength. I felt like the power, you know, of the word. I'm sorry. Did you happen to listen to this past week's episode where I had the guy come on and he was sharing about his abductions? I might've heard part of it. I think my husband listened to it. Well, towards the end of the interview, he was talking about how he became a Christian and these things haven't happened since the lost time, the abduction hasn't happened since he became a Christian. And he's actually kind of like, he wants to test his new power almost of claiming Jesus, uh, Jesus over it. And he, I told him, I said, uh, you're talking like you have superpowers right now, like the confidence he was talking like, and that's how you sound right now. You sound like you have such confidence, like, like you have a secret superpower weapon that they just can't touch. And that's the thing. And it's nothing to do. It's, it's having faith uh, the the power is from God, you know, and that's the thing, just like gifts of discernment. It's from God. It's not, I mean, we're just like, what they say, like blades of grass, you know, I mean, we're basically, but we call upon, I mean, having faith and that's, you can move mountains with faith. I mean, that's the whole thing is, is when you feel that and you really, you know, and that's the thing I know now. And I do, I feel like it is, but it's through God, you know, I mean, it's right. completely, it's amazing. And that's the thing. And that's the only thing. And, 
people have said it before too. And like I said, I, I mean, I didn't go to church. I wasn't a Christian. You know, I'd been in a really bad Christian foster home or quote Christian unquote foster home. But, um, you know, I, I didn't have any background on this, but when I, you don't need it. And I mean, that was, I've learned too, that was what Jesus did is he cast out demons. He worked with the poor, you know, and he didn't, I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot of churches really take to that. They don't understand or they just think you're crazy, you know, or I mean, it's like, yeah. no, demons, we don't talk about demons. Uh, <laughs> get that evaluation. No, it's, and you're, I did, you're, you're right. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you're absolutely yeah. right. I mean, it's like, you know, a lot of churches, not all churches, but a lot of churches operate almost as if they're scared of these things. And let's not talk about it because we don't want to attract them. It's like, hold on a second. Who's, whose team are you fighting for? You know what I mean? Like, do you realize, exactly. who, do you, yeah. do you realize who your team captain is? You know? <laughs> yeah. And that's what Jesus did. And he said that, you know, I mean, he wanted us to do it too. And that's, we don't need somebody really fancy doing it. Or even, I mean, we can, we can call upon, you know, we can do that in the name you know, and by the power of God, we all can, you know, I mean, that's the thing we can do that. And they say about self, you know, like, you know, we, we were told to do that. And that's why, I mean, I just, yeah, I feel so empowered. I feel really empowered by that. And I'm so thankful. And I feel like I'm going to start crying now, but Father's Day, I was like, to me, it was like, wow, you know, I was like, I do feel like I have a father, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we all do, but I was just like, I felt so loved. And after this experience, and there's more I should tell you because I was actually, <sighs> there's no reason. I mean, my husband was like, how did this happen to you? I got smacked so hard from the front and from the back, almost like a car ran into me and then something hit me from the back. When he was, my husband was like right behind me, he was locking up his truck and I was walking towards the apartment door and something hit me and it wasn't people like, oh, maybe it was somebody on a bike or something. Well, no, they didn't hit me from both directions. And it felt like my nose, I mean, I had like scrapes, I had road rash on my face, almost like it was cement, but there was no cement there. It was like dirt and some grass, you know, and something hit me from the back too. I mean, I've been physically hurt um, one time. This is really crazy. And yeah, I've seen this in movies afterwards, too. I went to to um, Bartell Drugs to get my prescriptions for doxycycline. And um, I went there. This person came up to my car and, like, banged on the window and wanted some money. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have any money. I just have my visa. And then I went into the store, and that person was gone. It was this kind of large woman. And I was driving the Camaro back. It started to rain lightly. And all of a sudden, and this sounds so much like a Hollywood movie, all of a sudden, a woman jumped, literally jumped in front of the Camaro. And the guy in back of me, too. And I was going, I was going like five miles under the speed limit, or maybe even more than less. You know, I was going real slow. This woman just jumped. Unfortunately, it being a Camaro, I didn't kill her because she ended up on the top of it. You know, they're pretty low. Um, and I called the police immediately, and the man behind me did too, and he stopped so I wouldn't get hit. You know, I went around to see how the woman was. 
know, well, first I got out and want to see how she was. And this woman, I was like, oh my gosh, oh, her jaw's broken. No, it, it turned out it wasn't, but her face had been like really deformed from something before. But this woman looked like she was really oppressed. She was so glazed over eyes, totally out of it. When the policeman arrived and the fire truck and everything, I mean, he acted like he was annoyed with her. And he asked me if there was any damage to my car. You know, like they knew, I mean, and he said, well, there's a lot of homeless people here and they tend to cross this way. Because she was totally, I mean, she literally jumped in front of my car. And I've never had an accident in my life, you know. I've been hit on the back, I mean, bumpers a couple times, but that's it. So that was really crazy. And I knew, I was like, kind of sounds like, you know, she was oppressed by something and something. I mean, it sounds like there might have been something to that, you know. And I noticed there's a whole lot of accidents that happened around there. But I feel like that was one of the strange things that was kind of associated with this demonic presence. And... I'm just so thankful when I was getting out of there. Um, I let me check because there's some things I should have said too, probably. But but I don't want to give you like the slim down version of things. But I was physically, I've been physically hurt by this, and where it makes no sense at all, you know. Yeah. And when that, yeah, and but this was like, I mean, I was I was scared. Nobody wants to hit somebody, even if you know. Sometimes people, you're a trucker. I've heard that sometimes, sadly, truckers are victims of, like, when somebody wants to kill themselves, they jump in front of a truck, you know, like they, you know, death by, like, a large vehicle. And sometimes people do crazy things that you wouldn't expect, and, you know, you have to be cautious. But this was, this was so weird. I was in the second lane, and the guy behind me, too, said, he goes, I didn't even see her, but she jumped you know, out. And, you know, I gave the police officer all my information and stuff. And he was just like, you're okay. (laughs) You know, and I totally, you know, I never heard anything back from him, but that I felt was connected. I felt like some other things were, things seemed to really get even more crazy because I bought a house in New Mexico and they knew. And that's when, when I finally like bought the house, um, cash and stuff and they knew it that's when it started to get worse and I should say too because I told you before the interview but I did get a psychiatric evaluation and I'm not schizophrenic and how long did you have that um it was in this it was this year in March and what happened to me when I had my little the alien attack. <laughs> I mean, when I called the fire department because I wanted to go, I was so scared. Um, that was October 28th of last year. Okay. So I had an evaluation. Um, it took, I should say too, because I wanted one then, but then I waited a while. It, things got, because I said I, it was two weeks, but it was two weeks from when I made the appointment, which ended up being in March too. So that, was really, you know, I, I was like, well, doesn't schizophrenia hit people in their 20s? You know, it, it's not usually when they're older. And and he agreed with me, too, you know, and I do. <laughs> I have AD, ADHD and PTSD, but, you know. Is the PTSD from your childhood and all the things that you went through, not the, with the paranormal, but your real life, the yeah. things that you went yeah, through? Yeah, my real life. Okay. Real life stuff. Yeah, definitely real life stuff too. Yeah. But I have to say it was so, and for me to go 
the things I've been through, I'm just saying this to me was so real too. This, you know, spiritual side of this is so real to me. It's just as real. So it may sound a little weird, but it was, it's very real to me. I mean, this was something that, you know, I, I was terrified and this is where it gets to be the, um, I'm looking over because I wanted to not skip anything. Um, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, this is, uh, very personal. After I bought a house, they came back full force. I mean, they came back to such in such a way, and I just bought a actual, well, more like a truck, a Chevy Tahoe, and I ended up having. I would get in the Chevy Tahoe, and it felt like somebody, like when little kids kick the back seat or they kick the front seat when they're in the back, it felt like that. And I would hear that one, the one that supposedly liked me. Um, I would hear that. I would hear like little, like panting growls. And I knew it was him, you know, and it was this human looking supposed male demon, whatever. And it was really strange. One time I was laying on the bed in the living room, (laughs) uh, but it's just nicer there, the way the place is laid out. And I was just laying on the bed and I was reading kicking back and then I heard in one ear it wasn't like in my head it was like in one ear like someone was leaning down I saw a little bit of dark hair and I heard don't move I don't know if that meant don't move to New Mexico or don't move on the bed um and I would go in to places and I'd see like out of you know, after I refused to acknowledge that and stuff I would see in my peripheral vision I would see like little bits like somebody standing right next to me then flash you know and I would see I would see especially that one guy in his like what he wanted to present to me which looked like a like I said a Caucasian hipster walking around wearing different clothes sometimes but like flashes where you see like flashes of him and flashes of him like around the apartment around different areas um I I saw that and I chose to just ignore it and call upon you know I call upon you know, I would pray and I prayed a lot. I prayed, I would pray for over an hour. You know, I pray a lot, like from 2.30 to 3.30 and on at night. I wouldn't sleep around three because I was scared. I, even after all this, I knew. And the most terrifying thing for me is if I started to feel like vibration in my feet, almost like it's like beam me up kind of thing. I really felt like for some reason I could literally be pulled in somewhere and, you know, maybe not, I mean, maybe that would be it. And I still, to be honest with you, I still do. So right before we were going to move and we still have that apartment, we still are paying rent on it in Tukwila, not until next May, but, um, we had moved my airstream out of vintage airstream that we we moved some stuff down to the house here. Um, so we had it in the parking lot at the apartment and he had described then, I don't know. It was like, it was, I was, I felt very haunted. I mean, he was around, but at the same time, it was the strangest feeling. It wasn't completely fearful, but I knew it was like this, this, guys like glued to me, you know, and I would try things, he'd go away, then he'd come back. And I just prayed and prayed, um, that one, oh, for, for, you know, for spiritual, um, 
armor, the armor of God, putting on the armor of God. I prayed that so many times, you know, I mean, there and it works, but they come back. I mean, you know, it's like God keeps us safe. It doesn't mean that they're gone. I mean, they're here, this world. I mean, they're here. I mean, demons are here. And, but he kept me safe. And this guy was always, you know, he's just like, kind of like a stalker demon. And when we were moving stuff, um, I don't want to miss other parts of this that might have been crucial to the story. So please let me know, Tony, if I have. Um, but this is where it just, it got really ugly because I kept thinking always in the back of my head, I was like, that one told me that I was never going to go to New Mexico or you're not going to New Mexico. And when I said yes, I am, he went, no. So I was like, okay, this is kind of freaky. Maybe they're building up to something, you know? And I was moving things in. Oh, and right when I said that, a fly, fly like hit me on the bridge of my nose. Ugh. But I, um, I was moving things into the airstream, which was just directly outside of our little apartment. And I came back in, and my husband and I, we were, we've been. You know, I mean, we were kind of arguing. I'd been feeling terrible. I hadn't gotten enough sleep. And I kind of blew a fuse. You know, we we kind of, we, we verbally fought. You know, there are no kids around, but we, it was horrible. And I just felt so horrible. And right when, and that's one thing, like people, new age people say about the auras, you know, don't get holes in your aura. You know, don't let your, you know, keep a strong you know, keep a strong armor too. Well, negative, when you're negative or you're feeling upset and stuff, then what they call like the lower vibrations or, you know, that happens. It, I mean, I do believe it's a, it's a Christian thing too, in the sense that if you, when you're upset, it gives them a little bit of access to you. I mean, I felt that and I felt like that horrible feeling of like the vibration coming on my feet and I was like, oh no, uh uh-uh. no. And then my husband said he's like he's like, Well I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna go to Fred Myers, you know, whatever the store and I'll be back in a little bit. And when he said that I felt and I felt this before like in bed too, like the vibration and then this is the crazy thing with what I've seen, what I can say about demons is they can they can seem like full on in physical form, physical size of a human being. And then they can do things like they can look like almost like the size of a small, like a, a small dog or a cat, like with a blanket, you'll see a blanket move. And that's one thing. And you can feel them like when they move, you know, not just like, like a human being when you hear about like succubus or incubus, you know, and that is real. It is very real. But that's one thing you can feel like it feels like someone's right next to you. Um, or it can feel like somebody. Um, you can feel like this energy that's going to your body internally. And I felt like I, at that time, I felt right before we left. It was, actually, it was two days before we left. We went on the road to New Mexico. I felt internally that I was assaulted, you know. I mean, and it's not like you can't, like, punch someone or try to, like, get them off of you. You know, I, I really, and that's what I meant is this was, you know, it still is to me. I mean, physically, I had physical effects of this 
and I felt very assaulted. It was like, I, maybe he was like, that was his last chance because he, he was a territorial spirit, like yeah. in that area. I don't know, but I was, I mean, I, I went out to my, um, my Chevy Tahoe and I stayed there until my husband got back. I couldn't even be in the apartment. I couldn't, I mean, what could I do? It's like, I can't punch a guy, you know, what can I do? And it was like, internally I was assaulted. So with that, cause I had a feeling that's where this was gearing up to with that, mm-hmm. that, that entity. Was it something that you felt in the moment or was it something that like you felt after it had already happened. Were, were you very aware of what was going on in the moment? Yes. Yes. Just like it could have been a, a human person, except there was no human on the outside of me. Okay. It, it was as, as much as if, if somebody very forceful, but there was no human contact on the outside of me. It was all internal and it was very real, very real in the moment and very real afterwards. And I had physical repercussions afterwards too. And this just happened. I mean, we just, you know, we just moved. This was within the last two weeks. And yeah. That that recent. Yes. Wow. And that's where I was like, this, it's embarrassing, but I think I do believe that this happens to a lot more people than people think, you know, and if this helps anybody else and they're going through it, you know, just call them. I mean, even if you're not Christian, you know, I mean, this happens to a lot of people and a lot of my friends who aren't Christian know about this full on, like about the gin and stuff, you know, saying I'm a demon, you know? Um, But yeah, that, and it was just as, horrific and you know because i'm not demeaning anyone else who's been physically attacked i've been physically attacked by human beings too in some really bad ways you know so i can i can honestly say i know you know that it was it it it's been um it, it was as traumatizing um can i ask you a question with with that happening yeah. so recently uh, and I'm assuming you told your husband. Uh, oh yes. What? Yeah. What? How did he react? What did he say? I mean, like, because I'm a husband, and if my wife came to me yeah. and told me something like that happened, I would feel powerless. I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He said, "What? What the leap can I do? You know, what the what can I do? What can I do? What can I help? What can I do, honey? You know, I mean, he's." It's put everything on a new level for him with the, this happening too. You know, he doesn't show certain emotions, but it's been upsetting for him. Yeah. And on the way down here, we ended up waylaid for. And it's, I'm not saying it's demonic. It was because I had just bought a, a new car, and we didn't know. But the transmission failed, so we were like six days late. We had to wait while our transmission was rebuilt in Mount Shasta. We stayed in Mount Shasta for six days. And I was talking to my sister, and she had been praying for me, and she was very concerned about this. She lives in Albuquerque um, here, and she she said, well, make sure it doesn't fall. You know, you don't know. Sometimes they don't show, you know, and they're 
the tormentors, they want to, you know, want, it, it's all about torment. And I was talking to her and I felt, I thought Billy was right behind me. I felt the presence of somebody right behind me and I turned around and Billy was on the corner, um, like quite a ways away from me. I mean, he was so far away from me. So I knew somebody was right beside me. So if that is the case, you know, and I, I know that they say talking about it can be bad, but I'd rather talk about it and maybe somebody else, you know, this has happened to them too. Or I know this has happened to other people. I don't know why it happened to me. I'm not that, I'm not special. I'm not anything that, I don't know. It's just, I don't know why it happened to me. I I don't know why I would be on some demon hit list, you know? I'm pretty much yeah. not a you know, I didn't think I was of anything that, you know, a demon would want to mess with. You well, know, I was just like no, basic and I think I think there's different who knows, first of all. No one really knows uh why things happen to us, but uh this has been happening your whole life and you had a lot of things that kids typically don't go through. Like most kids don't go through adoption. They don't go through foster homes and demons and these kind of things, they do pry on the weak. They do go after the vulnerable and what's vulnerable, a child going through these transitions in life, going, you know, through adoptions and foster homes, like, like you're, you were a tar like in my mind, you were probably targeted because you didn't have the stability that a lot of kids have growing up, you know, like, and so, I mean, you were, you were probably targeted from an early age because of the fact of it, the ease of it, you know, it, it's like easy lunch. And then they just kind of tried staying with you and attach themselves to you throughout your life. I mean, I don't know if that, that could be very wrong on that, but I mean, what do you yeah. think about that? I agree. I agree. Yes. It, that makes, that makes perfect sense to me when I look back at it. And, you know, I think about kids I know and kids in situations. And my 11-year-old is nonverbal autistic. Um, and my other three, like I said, they're adults now. Um, but my, you know, I've, I've had some concerns about that. You know, I want to make sure, you know, and I pray over him. And he's really intelligent. He's just amazing. And, you know, I... I want him to be able to communicate and, you know, I think that, yeah, kids who are vulnerable like that too, you know, and I, I do think autistic children might be targets. Sure. I mean, you'd be surprised how many people experience this stuff that also experienced uh, abuse as a child or awful yeah. ch childhoods yeah. and things like that. Like, they pry that they're they're cowards and they pry on the weak they don't go out that they don't go oh, after that yeah. they're not like you know a lion you know will go after anything because he can they these guys are like freaking hyenas you know what i mean they go after the easy yeah. lunch they, they go after they wait for the lion to kill the food and then they go after the easy food that's what this is i mean they, they go after the, the easy food and that's what children they're cowards. are the cowards and their liars too, you know, like they were, they, like you said about them having no authority, that's true. And they made themselves sound so, you know, so much in power. And it was just, it, 
it was nothing that, you know, I, I, I guess I was kind of a sucker at the start and now, now I'm nobody. They, you know, I, no one, I, I can't be touched by that. You know, things can happen, you know, but I know, and you know, my eyes have been opened and there's no way that, that they're going to pull that on me again. And, you know, I just, I really, I hope that anyone else, you know, just uses, and they don't have to be Christian, but hopefully that'll get them looking into things too, like I am, you know, um, and I just, I'm really, really thankful that my eyes are open. I can see that, you know, everything that led up to this, you know, and I wish, you know, of course, I wish I hadn't gotten upset right before we left and that hadn't happened, you know, um, I do know, I guess that might've been temporary possession. I don't know, or just, or just maybe just oppression. I don't know what the, what kind of words people put on that, but you know, that just, I, I know now that it, there's no reason. I mean, just staying, Positive and saying there's something to that when you're staying positive, especially, you know, because kids can pick up, pick up on that, too. We didn't have any kids around at the time. My son was in New Mexico. But, you know, it's it's so important to stay strong because any chance, any door left cracked open, they will come in. And it's it's so much harder getting, you know getting them to leave the like the worst case scenario for like squatters or just like the most uh, they're the worst I mean infestation you could possibly imagine on the most personal level and everyone has to stay spiritually strong because I think it's getting worse you know and yeah. it is and just I really hope that, you know, I think there's more power in people coming together and just realizing it and like churches starting to acknowledge that too and just getting back to like the basic teachings of Jesus too, you know, that we should be pretty open about casting out, you know, this kind of pestilence because that... Uh, I, I, my sister was praying for this place too, but before I even got on our property and we have like a house with a barn and a little bit of acreage and stuff, it's really nice, but, um, cute little red barn, but I made sure <laughs> we blessed it. Everything was covered and we were driving down. The road was covered in the blood of Jesus. I mean, everything we kept, you know, like I said, my sister was praying for me. My ex's parents were praying for us, you know, and we just, you know, having faith, it's so important. And I haven't gone into all the specifics, but I have to say, yeah, before that I was physically attacked. I have pictures, I can send you later of my face where it looks like, I, it looks like I have like more pain on. There's like a, a stripe and my cheeks have road rash, you know, and it looked horrible. I had my, both my eyes were blackened from that too. It was like this impact and they can, physical things to you that are pretty pretty gnarly so you know I I know now and, and when I started out when I wanted to talk to you about the Anubis you know thing too I I believe that was demonic too but I believe that you know I'm 
it's, you know, I always just thought everything was, you know, I never thought anything would go on the attack against me, you know, because I thought, hey, I'm not a bad person. I'm not perfect, <laughs> you know. I I may not do things right all the time, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a bad person. I'm not evil. I would not attract, you know, that kind of thing. I, you know, I just, you know, I, I see things, you know, they're there. I know they're there, you know. And I think I even thought it was like more almost like a guardian angel. But they're all connected, you know. I mean, this is yeah. all connected and you're on one side or the other you know you're not like in some little middle you know like okay there's all this stuff going on it's like one or the other and yeah of course I choose God okay. <laughs> you know but can, <laughs> I, I, ask them, can yeah. I ask you a question here so you had these experiences throughout your life at some point throughout your life you had become a Christian and you started using the name of Jesus to rebuke these things mm-hmm. when this year. Okay. So, so it was this year. Okay. So I, I wasn't sure cause the timeline here, it, it's hard to keep track of. Uh, yeah. now this year, the very first time that you ever used the name of Jesus to cast out or not to cast out, but to cast away any demonic entity near you, the very first time you used that, were you a Christian at that moment or were you just using the name of Jesus before you were actually believing in Jesus? And before you answer that, actually, no, go ahead and answer that first. Okay. I actually used Jesus's name in 2017. Um, and before I had, you know, before I became a Christian and, you know, because what happened to me happened October 28th. And, um, last year. And did it, did it work? Yes. Okay. Thank you. I, I am always curious to yeah. the, that situation because I hear people say that if you're not a Christian claiming the name of Jesus doesn't work over demonic entities, I don't necessarily agree with that. No. And it works. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because Jesus, <It> does. <laughs> right. Right. And so, uh, I was, I'm just, I was always curious. And every time I have a chance to ask that question, I try to, because, um, you know, I have heard of people saying that they are a Christian, they claim the name of Jesus and nothing has changed. So I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the difference is, but I, I, and I don't even want to venture to guess because, uh, that, that's a very, um, shaky grounds to walk on for me. I, I, I don't want to venture guesses as to why that's the case. But um but yeah, I was very curious about that. But they come back and they come back even as a Christian and I think Christians sure. are gonna get hit hard with this too. But I mean, we're protected. You know, we we have our armor on. Um but they're around. I mean this this place, everything. I mean, it's, the world is pretty infested, you know, I mean, to put it mildly, and it's just, you know, everyone has to be prepared and be vigilant, you know, and keep the faith, you know, and that's more important than holy water. I did my, 
I even did my own holy water, anointing oil, everything. I I threw out things because I, I was told that. It was so funny. It was like the clearest word one time. I was like asking asking what I should do in so many ways. And this, okay, this shows, okay, yes, I tend to be a little, um, I clean things. But yeah, I have a lot of clutter. And I heard very clearly, clean. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, I need to clean things and I need to get rid of stuff. I had a ton of really beautiful stuff that was not um, appropriate, I guess you could say. And I threw it out. And, you know, I used to be one of those like pin up devil girls, you know, like the rockabilly style. Okay. And the ones with like the black hair and the horns. And I never thought anything about that. And there's all these pictures of me as a devil girl. <laughs> you know, I thought it was just a cute little pin up thing, you know, because I was always kind of the dark, you know, one. So, um, Physically, so I threw out a bunch of that, <laughs> and you know you don't have to like never. I mean, I listen to good music. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I love good music, and I'm a musician, and I'm not gonna. You know, I I know what's right and wrong in that sense, but yeah, I did get rid of certain things physically too, and I didn't even see. Maybe that attracted them too. I don't know. But, you know, I, I would say don't listen to other people. If somebody said, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. Just, I mean, have a personal relationship, you know, with God. I mean, I don't know. Churches are a human, you know, that's a, a people thing and kind of a social thing, you know. And it's, I was, I've seen people on TV that made me physically sick, like preachers on TV. Sure. And I get nauseated when I see them. They're not the best example. And, yeah, exactly. And sometimes, you know, people, if someone judges, I mean, nobody, you know, we're, and that's the thing you have to forgive. Like, I forgave the people, the humans in my life that had assaulted me and attacked me as a child and as, you know, like, my, abduct, my abductor, who was going to kill me, who attacked me in New York in 1988, I forgave him. You have to forgive everybody, you know? I mean, you have to forgive everybody. And that really puts you free you know and that was one thing i hadn't done i i realized that i kind of was keeping myself in a state of you know unforgiving you know and anger you know about things about very bad things that happened and you have to forget everything so you know I shouldn't be the one preaching, like I said. You know, no, I haven't read the Bible. It's, no, <laughs> I haven't it's done fine. anything. It's fine. I mean, uh, you're here to share your experiences and stuff, and I do think you're right. I think that it's it's not easy to do. I mean, I've been hurt in my life, and I I've have scars from my childhood, and it's they my my childhood haunted me most of my life. It still does to this day. It just not at like it was at one time. But I came from a very rough neighborhood. All the kids in my neighborhood pounded on me for like 10, 12 years. And I became a very angry, hateful individual. I did, I did not like people for most of my life. Believe it or not, I did not trust people. And when it came to those people in my childhood, I never forgave them. 
And there was times as an adult, I'm married. I think I was like five, six years into my marriage. And I find myself driving back up through the old neighborhood, looking for them, looking for a fight Mm -hmm. as a grown man. And so I think forgiveness is a key because when it comes to these kind of things, they can definitely use that as an attraction to you. You know what I mean? Like, like definitely that's, yeah, that's the door cracked open. That's leaving the door ajar where they can come in. It's, it's like, it's like saying it's, it's, I don't even know how to put it into words, but um, it's kind of like saying that you're worthless. You've always been worthless. And this is why we're here. And we're going to remind you of that. And when you can let go of the past and move on, uh, things change. And when you, especially when you invite Jesus Christ into your life, um, and I know this is preachy, but it is what it is. What, when you have him on your side, things change, you know, like they, they answer to him when he's not, when he's, when you're not playing on his team, you're open game, you know? Mm -hmm. But when, when you, when, when you yield yourself to Jesus Christ, they answer to him and that's it. And it says it throughout the Bible over and over again. They know who he is. They know who he is. (laughs) And so, um, I, I don't know how I got on all that, but, (laughs) that that's perfect i mean that that sums it all up you know and it scars from from our childhood you know things that that we you know as adults hold on to especially when when we have children we want to protect them from that and the best way is forgiveness you know it right and and you know Mel, this is all like very current event for you. You know, this isn't stuff that happened to you five years ago. This is something that happened to you two weeks ago. You were you you were a Christian two weeks ago, and they're still coming at you. You know, and oh so, yeah, so I like, was attacked as a Christian. Exactly. Yeah, and, that, and my exactly my point. Just because you have Christ in your life and you're following Jesus Christ doesn't mean that the attacks stop. And sometimes, like two weeks ago you experience the worst hack you ever experienced because now mm-hmm. they're upping their game. You're no longer, listen, it's like this. You, if you're in a basketball game, I don't know if you follow sports, but just try to follow with me. Oh if, yeah. If you're, if yeah. you're in a basketball game and you're, you're, it's a five on five game and you're one of five people on the floor right there playing for your team. And you stand at half court on offense and on defense. Does, is, is the, is the opposing team going to pay attention to you? They're not going to pay attention to you because you're not a threat to them. But the moment you put yourself in the game and you start playing some offense and they have to actually try stopping you, that's when you see the defense coming at you before you never even saw the defense. But now you see yeah, the defense because, the now you, exactly, because now exactly because now you're now you're in the game and right now you're mm-hmm. in the game. And so they actually mm-hmm. played some offensive defense against you. Does that make sense? Perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That sums it up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good analogy. <laughs> okay, well, really good. Yeah, I I, uh, I love basketball. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cal, but, that's good. <laughs> um, Mel, I'll tell you what. Uh, you got some. Um, you got a lifelong 
experiences here. And I don't think you're alone. I think there's a lot of people out there experience a lot of things like you. In fact, I know there are because I've heard countless stories of people, not personally, like I haven't talked to them, but I've heard of these stories of people dealing with incubus, succubus, and, and it's not cool. And that's just one aspect of what you've experienced. And there's so many things we can go into here. Uh, I wanted to ask you, kind of taking this back a little bit, uh, on a couple things that you mentioned. And I just wanted to ask you some, you know, generic questions here, uh, just to kind of, I don't know, tie up some loose ends. Uh, when the one entity was standing next to the TV and I think you said the TV turned on or there's something that things were on. You were seeing things on the TV and you, did you describe, um, a goat or there was goats on there? No, sheep. Sheep. Okay. It was a two headed. It was a sheep that was two headed. It was over almost like a sleeping bag. It was covering these two young men. They were two young men laying there. They were laying there. And this cover of this horrific, just grotesque, two-headed sheep, it was a mockery of Mary had a little lamb. Gotcha. It was the strangest thing. And it was like, it was almost like a sing-along thing. It was so, it ticked me off really bad, too. I just, it, I felt rage about that. And it was the other one. It was the um, lighter-haired, um, shorter looking as he was presenting himself, um, demon. And he pointed to it almost like he, he was just giving a presentation and it just came on like that. Okay. It, it, it just sounds, it sounds very Baphometty, you know, that's not even a word Baphometty, but it's, it, it's very, but yeah, I know. you know, like it, it definitely gives me that vibe. Uh, and, there, you know, there's so many different kinds of demonic entities and things like that. Uh, and when it comes to the Anubis, uh, first of all, let me ask you a question. When somebody says dog man, do you picture the Anubis in your, in your mind? Well, I did. I mean, well, first when I heard about, I mean, I was intrigued about this because also um, when my husband was listening to stuff, and he told me about this, too. He listens to um, Sasquatch Chronicles. This, when he had heard of that, because I told him, I told him everything before this, too. And so this, when I, I think of a different, I mean, my experience was different, you know, and and it sounded like, you know, it was a cryptid thing. Um, But when I think of, yeah, when I think of that, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have called what I saw a dog man, you know, it was a person, person with the head of the dog, you know, I mean, it wasn't a a growling, you know, out in the woods or out in the desert, you know, creature, you know, I mean, your question was what, what I think of when I think of dog man. Yeah, I just wasn't sure if, like, when somebody says dogman to you or you were to hear that phrase, I'm sure you've heard it before, especially if you listen to Sasquatch oh, yeah. Chronicles on my show. I wasn't oh, sure yeah. if you, if when you hear that, if that's what, if you picture what you saw throughout your life. I picture, actually, I picture because I think that all, you know, like, I, I believe like Sasquatch is partially, not as much, but partially of, you know, angelic or demonic, you know, I believe. 
I believe that it's that may be mixed with Neanderthal, you know, but when you think about that, you know, kind of thing and, and, you know, like, I think they are spiritual. I think they're a different type of people that is spiritual, you know, like they say, the Nephilim. Um, but primate, you know, like, I think that some of them have snouts and stuff, you know, I mean, there's like a different look and stuff that they're more, um, animalistic. I don't know what I've heard people describe. It seems like there's all different types, facial, you know, depending on where people are. Um, the one when my, my second youngest and he's 20 now was about three. We were on Mount Rainier and I've been everywhere around here and I've known, I, I don't want to see, I, I mean, I, I know Sasquatch is in the Northwest and New Mexico and I, we were up, not in the foothills of Mount Rainier, we were up a little bit higher than that and we used to live in the foothills of Mount Rainier, but we were by this little stream. Um, my husband was heading towards the Vanagon and my son was going towards the stream. He was three, about three. And I saw somebody, I don't know who, what it was, but I felt that feeling. I was like, we're going now. But I saw somebody peek out from behind a tree. I don't know. I've never seen that watch. You know, like I've never looked into a face. Thank God. But, you know, I, it was that feeling, which I think comes from something being of a spiritual origin too. And I think that when I hear encounters that other people have had too, they sound a lot more squatchy. It sounds like, you know, more of something and not to say, yeah, demons definitely live in forests. Um, But I think there's a difference. I've heard Linda Godfrey mention the Nubis, like one that is in people's houses, you know, and that's what did it for me. That's why, you know, I was like, okay, other people seen this and I felt a whole lot better, you know, but a whole lot better. And, you know, I'm just so thankful that people can share now that we have this internet and everything. But I think that there's other people have such different experiences, you know, from what I've heard, it just sounds very different. Um, But I do believe, I think that they're all, they, they all have the spiritual side, you know, that they are partially demonic, you know, maybe Sasquatch isn't as much, but I also do believe that Sasquatch does eat people. And I'm old enough to have gone camping <laughs> with my adoptive parents. I'm old enough to have gone there before the eruption of Mount St. Helen. And I can say this, I never ran into a Sasquatch, but I remember the trees there was a lot of trees that I could walk along that had been like pushed over. I remember log, you know, walking on, on trees cause they were down in spirit, you know, spirit Lake campground. And I remember, you know, I remember different feelings of areas, but like I said, I just, I've always believed, you know, of course being from Seattle, even our Sonics, you know, our Sonics, had like the weedle on the needle. They had like a little Sasquatch mascot, the Seattle Sonic basketball team. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, when I was little, and it was like the weedle, it, we were like embracing, it was all about Sasquatch culture, you know? 
So, I mean, and my friends, all my friends, like people are in Muckleshoot and people, all everyone who's like from like, you know, coastal natives, you know, everything. My kids were involved in like native dance and stuff in Edomclaw. And everyone just takes it for granted. Yeah. I mean, Sasquatch is, <laughs> is there. I mean, that's, you know, and disregarded as a different type of people you don't really want to mix with. You know, you want to stay out of the areas where they are. Yeah, I could agree. I agree with you. I, I don't want anything to do with them, <laughs> to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I, uh, I, I will not be hunting for one. <laughs> no, and you know, I, I do like going out in the hikes and I like getting out there and things like that. And, you know, I like going into areas that they're known to be in and things like that. But, um, you know, I haven't been out in a while and I haven't been out since I started changing my opinion as to what Bigfoot might be. And I really do lean towards more of a possible Nephilim type creature these days. Mm-hmm. And if that's the mm-hmm. case, I'm oh, not yeah. so sure if I actually want to see it, you know, like maybe from like a mile, well, no, not a mile away, that's too far. Maybe like a hundred yards away. It doesn't see me. I'm upwind uh, or down, <laughs> uh, no, downwind, downwind. If I was upwind. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though. I, I if I could see mm-hmm. it from a, you know, from a safe distance behind bars or something like that, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to do that. I just, I just, I know, I know, Sasquatch is, and you know, they they are, and that's all I need to know. And I just need to know. I mean, I don't want to be anywhere near them, and safely can say that they have a long history of, um, you know, you don't want to go gifting them or anything like, you know, what I've heard some people do. And from what I've heard from people, you know, just, yeah, they have a long history of eating people. Okay. Um, it's not cute, you know, and, and they're no, they're no Chewbacca, you know, they're not, they're not a woman, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it's something that's very real in my eyes and I would avoid. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. Uh, it's, there's something off about them. Let's just put it that way. There's something off about them. So, uh, definitely, mm-hmm. you know, pursue at your own risk, but, uh, yeah, they're big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bigger than us, unpredictable, you know, and maybe there are a lot more, um, corporal than some of the other um spiritual beings you know what i mean i mean they're more right of the earth but i do believe they're they are demonic i do believe that they're yeah like the nephilim well mel i really appreciate coming on tonight and stuff uh you have you jam-packed two hours of info uh lots of info to go through a lot of stories and experiences to kind of think on and stuff for the audience and uh you and i will talk and stuff off air we'll figure out a time for you to come back and go into some details because there's tons of questions i could talk to you about we could go for another two hours but uh, i think uh we'll cut it off here and save it for another day okay this has been like the best therapy session for me to be honest i'm not i'm not a therapist i'm not a therapist everybody i'm not a therapist i'm just a truck driver with a podcast don't sue me (laughs) i'm not this is good though i mean thank you (laughs) no i i I appreciate that i i just uh, i'm just kidding around i know uh you know 
it is what it is. I I just I, I enjoy hearing these these odd stories and I really enjoy uh being able to speak to the people firsthand and just kind of help people think through these processes cuz there's been plenty of times that I've interviewed somebody and uh afterwards they'll say that you know they have they feel like they have a more clear um feeling as to what they experienced just by talking it out because they don't talk about these things to just anybody. And so by talking it out with me from the beginning to end, it just helps people to just kind of work through the process. And sometimes that's all you need. You just need to have somebody hear you out and so you can think it through and just verbalize what the experience was. And um, uh, I just really appreciate you coming on tonight and sharing that tonight. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, you can go ahead and share the link to the show that you're listening to right now around social media. That would help me out a great deal as well. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye. Coming. Who are you leaving?